What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, I'm sitting with Paul Edgman. He is the VP of Marketing and Technology at Thrive Communities. We talk a lot today about reputation, how important it is to build, maintain, and how to be proactive in your business. How is your company handling its reputation online? Are you soliciting reviews? Are you only being reactive when a negative complaint comes in or review? Or are you out in front? And are you managing the reviews? Do you have a system? This is what we talk about today with Paul Edgman, the VP of Marketing at Thrive Communities. Paul and his team have implemented a pretty cool system into handling reviews, into getting out in front, into soliciting them, but also using human responses and real responses and taking accountability for when, you know, maybe they do have a mistake. I really enjoyed this conversation with Paul. I think you all will as well. Before we get into it, though, as always, we put on this show here at Cave. We're an agency that helps companies grow with social media. So if you need help with your social strategy, social media advertising ads, content creation for things like TikTok, Instagram Reels, you name it, we can help you out. So head over to cavesocial.com if you need any help with that. But nonetheless, sit back, relax. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me from the beautiful Pacific Northwest, which I miss very much, is Paul Edgman. He is the VP Marketing and Technology at Thrive Communities. Paul, how you doing? Doing great. How are you, Jordan? I am doing good. I'm jealous. You're up close to my homeland, Vancouver, British Columbia. So I hope it's beautiful up there in Seattle right now. Now, before we jump into today, and we got a big episode to talking about how to build your reputation online, I want to pass the mic to you, Paul, and hear your story. How did you get into marketing? Was it always the plan? Were you an accidental marketer? Walk me through that career journey that got you to thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the easy one to start off, Jordan. Definitely accidental marketing category for me. So yeah, a little quick background, born on Whidbey Island, kind of Puget Sound, rural setup out there. Went to school at Western Washington University in Bellingham, kind of right by the Canadian border for political science, actually, so completely unrelated. Thought I was going to go to law school, was all excited about that. Plot twist, took a job right out of college with a kind of connection um, I had had growing up who owned Gold's Gym Fitness Facilities and started kind of operations management there, regional stuff, you know, on the east side of Seattle, kind of Bellevue, Redmond area. Worked my way up there to kind of overseeing the entire operation, was there nine years and always really just, you know, was kind of helping build the systems, the tech side, kind of modernize the business as much as I could. And I found myself really latching on to digital marketing, you know, and the tech side, just from like, a, I think it was spurred by the fitness industry being a little bit maybe slow in terms of where they were on the tech and marketing side. And I was just really excited about, you know, rolling on new platforms, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's implement HubSpot, like set up landing pages, like set up attribution, I just got all excited about that. And that was working within a, you know, a franchise kind of corporate brand structure, which was interesting. But then I was also overseeing like day-to-day operations as well. So from there, I met somebody in the real estate industry, multifamily specifically. So apartment community management, who's the president of Thrive and kind of built a relationship there and got, she got me really excited about kind of what they were doing in the multifamily space and how much more kind of headspace there was and opportunity, you know, 
client relationships, institutional investors that are you know buying buildings and local investors, you know families that just don't have the horsepower to manage their own buildings and they you know want people to help build communities. So ultimately, after nine years at Golds, made the jump to Thrive Communities and really just solidified a marketing tech role at Thrive as the first marketing hire for Thrive. When we're about a little less than half the size we are now. So that was four years ago. And since then, yeah, I've really been able to work on a lot of projects and initiatives. And specifically, like we're going to talk about more like reputation building, branding, all that fun stuff. So that's a little bit of a backstory on how I fell into marketing. I love it. And similar to myself, I'm a poli sci guy, thought I was going to law school. Nice. And oops, now I'm doing social media marketing and podcast. Surprise. Um, now you said something really interesting, though, that I think listener should kind of pull out and that is working at golds and the gym and hey we're marketing for the gym we're trying to get people through the door sign up memberships we have to go out and actively recruit in the community and on first glance you might say oh property management and gym what's transferable and it's actually so transferable when you start to go things like oh we have an empty space and we need to get tenants and what are some of those techniques what is it oh i've set up attribution before i know how to do these ads and i say that because marketers listening right now is like the experience you have right now, it might be in something that you think it's like, hey, I don't want to be in this industry forever. But those skills, they poured over, I think a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. Did you find that you were able to take some of that and those learnings and like, oh, dang, this is actually pretty similar to fitness when you went over and started working at Thrive? Yeah, definitely was a fair amount of transferable knowledge. And I I mean, I my take on that is that, you know, I think don't sell yourself short on the amount of value you have to add to a different industry and leverage the connections to get there. I mean, I was so lucky to be able to get kind of like introduced and build a relationship in like a, it was like a regional key executive group that I worked through to meet Rose, who's the president of Thrive, you know, really started building that relationship with her. And honestly, like a lot of the things you talked about were things that I was like, look at all this opportunity and multifamily, like you know, I'm dealing with trying to sign up at every single unique location of fitness industry wise, sign up, you know, 300 people a month for new memberships. Like you're trying to sign 12 leases per month, you know, depending on the size and scale of the building, but it's still unique brands, unique locations, multi-location organizations. It's a faster sales cycle by leaps and bounds in fitness, but a lot of the same online reputation, huge importance, environment. The big difference is multifamily, longer sales cycle. They're staying there. They're living there. They're not just, well, some people felt like they lived at the gym, honestly. But um, <laughs> and unfortunately, those are the ones that you didn't always want to be best friends with. But yeah, I had a lot of fun drawing those similarities. And I think that was a lot of the reason I was able to convince her and make that kind of like jump over because I was like, look at all these things we can do that maybe aren't being done in multifamily that we can really leverage to differentiate us, you know, being kind of a local Puget Sound operator. Yeah, the principles, right? When we look at those principles, they really carry over. And like you said, different sales cycle, but ultimately being able to take those tools. It's like, oh, you added a bunch of tools to your tool bag without even maybe knowing at the time when you're like, I felt that way. Like when I first discovered HubSpot's blog like 10 years ago, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> so I love it. And you said something interesting too there, right? Like you built the connections and ultimately your reputation in that group they led to the next thing, you know, and I want to kind of dive into this word reputation and from the business perspective. Now, for those of you, anyone listening who is a marketer in real estate, you will know that 
The reputation game or in food service, reputation is everything when you start to go online. And we actually see that I've seen at least a lot of real estate companies and companies around what I would call brokerages. So property management, moving companies, everything kind of under the sun, real estate. I don't want to. Yeah, no, they neglect getting reviews and they usually neglect their reputation until it's too late. And then we get a call. Hey, Jordan, can you delete this Google review? And I'm like, that's not how this works. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so. I want to know, because you guys are approaching it differently, I want to know, one, what are you doing? Two, how did it get to the forefront where you're like, all right, this is something that we need to actually lean into and maybe put some effort towards building up that reputation versus, you know, starting a TikTok or something, right? Like, what were those discussions like? And then how did you execute against it to start building up the reputation? Great question. Again, I think it was one of my biggest initiatives coming over from fitness into multifamily. And I guess super quick elevator speech. So Thrive manages around 100, you know, an average of 100 home plus size communities in the Puget Sound area and just, you know, surrounding areas, but mostly focused in Seattle East Side. So we have a lot of individual brands and, you know, Google business listings, Yelp listings, like all of that stuff. And then coming from, you know, in the fitness side where I just had a few locations, but like a lot more activity at those locations. I had a huge amount of success rolling out a platform that essentially this is like foundational stuff like table stakes, like rolling out a platform that allows you to integrate with whatever, you know, for us, it's a property management system, whatever software system you're utilizing to like track your CRM, like client slash customer activity, plug into that and figure out which touch points you want to celebrate and ask for feedback on and immediately like figure out a way to automate that. So you have like a very pleasant, you know, very like engaging way to ask for feedback and not just sit back and take the flack that you receive because it's not going to be good. I mean, we made huge strides rolling out a tech platform at Thrive kind of in the first 12 months I was there. And there's a lot of them that do it. I want to get in like the vendor or anything. I'm happy to answer any questions on that, but it doesn't really matter as long as you're doing it in a way that's, you know, really going to help you move things forward. So, Yeah. It's that emphasis on being active, not reactive, right? When we look at the channel, however you want to do it, whether it's building a system or, hey, like calling people, hitting people up, because the reality is people, I forget what it is, but it's like 85% of reviews are done by people who had the negative experience. So people who have good experience are just like, oh, that was good, cool. And then they get on with their day. And they, unless they're actively, you know, solicited or say, hey, can you leave me a review? Hey, did you enjoy that? Like, this helps our business a lot, giving people a reason and making it easy. And here's a link to Google for you to click and review, right? All of those types of things can help so much. Now, I love that from like an initial framework, but have y'all done anything where, or built anything? Because I love to see how brands react to negative when they do have a, a transaction that goes maybe poorly, they did have a situation that, hey, this was it kind of things happen, you know? Now, is there a framework or have you built any automation or any rules on like, hey, when we had something go wrong, here's how we handle it? Do you respond always? Like, what's the workflow? I would say this when it's a legitimate critique, not when somebody's just mad at the sky. When it's a legitimate critique, how is that handled? Yeah. So, part of rolling out the platform we use allowed us to track responses. So we aim for 100%. I think we're at like 96% responses. And for reference, you know, before we rolled out, we're getting around 300 reviews a year, roughly as a portfolio. And now we're getting around like 1700. And this is for those like 100 locations. So it made a big difference. And like, you know, the sentiment spread skewed, you know, from like almost 50 50 to like, 
closer to like 75, 25 positive to negative. So it makes a huge difference just asking because you're getting those interactions where like people might have had a good experience, like after you came and fixed something in their home or like, you know, their sink's broken, their maintenance guy showed up, helped them, review request, boom, somebody's happy. So response wise though, we structured it. So for us, like instead of just, you know, some random person responding at the corporate office, we actually have our regional managers that are over top of our property operations that know everything about those communities respond personally to every Google review because we feel like it, you know, it gets them in the weeds and like make sure that they have a kind of a finger on the pulse of what's going on at each community because each of them oversees like, you know, around six locations or so. So that was really valuable for us. Then they can escalate things, you know, if there's something that like, you know, our home office group can help with, you know, like one of my teams, but otherwise like they're the ones that know like why there was construction noise on the sixth floor, you know, in Belltown at 1am on February 4th. Like they're the ones that understand the stuff and can like tell the story and like make a real response, obviously. And, you know, at the same time, we get plenty of like completely false, like kind of spam attacks and like weird bot things that come through. In that case, we just confront it with like a really straightforward, hey, we don't have a record of you living here. You know, we're just trying to find out a little bit more information. Can you help us out? You know, we'd love to help solve your problem. Just kind of, we have a couple of templates like that that are just like, so people that are viewing it are like, okay, well, that's probably not real. You know, like they never responded to that. We made an effort, you know. An egghead that has left three reviews that happen to all be negative and their name is like yeah. a bunch of numbers and stuff. It's like, okay. I remember yeah. somebody said once, a review, more times it tells you more about the reviewer than it does the company they're reviewing. I always say that too when like something crazy comes in. It's like, all right, just tell them we don't have a record of that transaction. Like if we don't, you know? Yep. It's interesting though to see like building up that reputation. And you said you had people, the regional managers who come in and respond. Now, do they do that from like personal Google accounts or is it the brand like responding and then from John, regional manager, blah, blah, blah. Like how does that work? Yeah, so the way we're set up is each location has their own Google business listing, but they're all syndicated through this tool. And it, it's reputation.com is what we use. I feel like I should mention it just since I'm talking about it a lot now. But that allows us to then each manager has a dashboard with the locations they oversee. And they can just type the responses on that dashboard and kind of their workflow. And that then just like pushes it right to Google from a response standpoint. So they all sign their like name on there, but it's going to come from like, say the community was called Walton Lofts or whatever. It's going to say Walton Lofts responding. So sorry about this experience. You know, give me a call on my cell phone. I want to help you out, blah, blah, blah. And then it's going to say sign off like Jennifer regional manager or something like that at the bottom. That's awesome because... Nothing infuriates customers more, at least me, maybe nothing infuriates me more. I'm not going to speak for all <laughs> customers in the, the United States or in the world. But when I have a legitimate grievance against a business or something happens and I get a legalese templated answer that looks like it was written by a bot. Oh, I'm like, this is the opposite of customer. Like now this is customer service in reverse. Like I would almost prefer no response <laughs> because yeah. setting up like, a bot to do your customer service to me is a wild thing. It's like the last line of defense where you can save a customer and you're going to like, it's like putting somebody on a phone tree. I'm all off. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> if you can. But yeah, I love that you all have taken that like, no, go in. There's a dashboard. It's easy to manage. So the team can manage it. Go do it and give people human responses, real responses, empathize, understand the problems. And ultimately what we do here is you build a deeper connection, right? Not only with tenants, but then you can show when you with tenants, then you have higher tenant retention, I take it. And that builds a better connection with the property owners, right? Yeah. And I say 
we're not perfect by any means. Like, you know, we try to do this. I mean, it probably sounds like, oh, wow, they have this really figured out. But I mean, it's like an ever evolving thing, right? We're just trying to help the people out. I mean, for us, like, you know, multifamily, everybody's, you know, not necessarily the favored industry to be in, especially in the last couple of years, especially in a city like Seattle, you know, where rent prices are all over the place. It's a difficult thing. And I think it's, you know, it's hard for us to kind of walk that tightrope of like, you know, we really do want to provide a great living experience, you know, and there's a lot of complications to that, but just trying to be genuine and like, you know, show that we are humans and like, we really do care, you know, helps obviously overcome that. A lot of the other mistakes and I think you were getting into this, but you have such a big opportunity to, if you do connect with those people, like that turnaround can actually make them more loyal kind of promoters from like an MPS standpoint, if you want to get into that, than you could ever have if you didn't even have that negative experience. Like there's a huge opportunity for each of those. doesn't always go well, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love it personally. If somebody has a bad experience and they reach out, a legitimate, something happened. They got their order and the headphone or the microphone was broken. And that, you know, you, they leave a review, got it, but it's broken. And then when you jump in, instead of them just being like, Ugh, screw this company and getting on with their day, they're giving you one more chance to go. And they're saying, I want to be a customer. Like, show me why I should still be a customer. And if you go in and, you know, respond like a human, hey, realize we're not perfect. Try to do your best to resolve the issue. More times than not, like that person's going to go and they're going to tell that story. Now they're going to be a brand evangelist of, hey, I got the you know, headphones, they showed up broken. I called them, they replaced it. And they sent me a gift card, like a Starbucks gift card. Like they're going to tell that story forever. And now you've created a marketer for your company with a small gesture, right? So I'm with you there. Now, Paul, before we wrap it up here and I let you go, where can people, one, find out more about Thrive Communities and two, connect with you online? Yeah, thrivecommunities.com quite obviously is, you know, if you have any curiosity or looking for a place to live in Seattle or in the surrounding area, shameless plug on that for sure. But then I love having these conversations. I know Jordan and I just kind of got to connect here in the last couple of weeks and had a great time talking about everything from headphones, which are probably top of mind on his side, all the way through multifamily marketing and beyond. So LinkedIn is a great place. That's where we connected. So just search my name on LinkedIn and yeah, let's connect, start a conversation. I try to get back to those as quick as I can. It's uh, always great to talk to people. Amazing. And, and thank you so much for coming on, Paul. We'll put links to both Thrive Communities and Paul's LinkedIn in the show notes page. So you can head over there as well as reputation.com when he managed because that or what he mentioned, because that sounds like a very, very cool program. Paul, thanks again for coming on today, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Jordan. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.